Buenas tardes, mi gente. Welcome back to the Besos Jewels podcast. Siento super emocionada estar aquí con ustedes. I'm so happy to be here today with you all on este feliz día de Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everyone. Um, there is a little common misnomer here in Los Estados Unidos in the United States that Cinco de Mayo is Mexican Independence Day. So I thought I would give you all a little bit of history. Um, it is actually not. <laughs> Uh, Mexican Independence Day is September 16th. Um, hoy celebramos to, today we celebrate the Batalla de Puebla. This is the Battle of Puebla that happened in 1962 against France where Mexico was victorious. There were a couple other mini battles thereafter that Mexico was not victorious in. However, uh, the United States ultimately supported Mexico in enforcing the withdrawal um, from France by Napoleon in 1966, and that is when we got our victory. So um, today when you are celebrating, I offer you this. Maybe think about instead of drinking or, well, no, you should definitely drink. Please enjoy some tequila. Please enjoy all of the wonderful Mexican food that we have aquí en Colorado. Um, but maybe think about the way that Mexican immigrants have enriched your life, whether that's looking at the fruits and vegetables in our fridge that we know that migrant workers work tirelessly to provide us, to the music and fashion that Mexican culture has influenced. Um, it is really a, such a gift to live here in the United States. And although we may not often think of it, uh, the Mexican influence is all around us. So Feliz Cinco de Mayo a todos. I hope you all have a beautiful day this evening and take a minute to um, think on the way that Mexican culture has influenced our lives in various aspects. I think this is such a fitting theme also. What a beautiful day to talk about community um, than a day that we're thinking about Latinos and our community. I want to talk to you all about individualism because it is a lie. El individualismo es una mentira. It's a farce. It is a lie that has been told to us since we were very young to serve capitalism and ensure that we just stay working and do not have rich lives um, because that makes us good corporate workers, right? Um, however, when we have failed to dive into the way that this affects all aspects of our lives, it can leave us feeling very insufficient and not like enough and like there's something wrong with us for not being able to complete all of the tasks of a quote-unquote normal operating functional adult in society and that's just not true. This is not the way that our societies have been operating for hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, if not longer, don't leave it to me for the math and history facts, but I will give you some sociological input here. Um, and that is that it seems in this modern society that we are supposed to be responsible for everything and that each individual or each you know small nuclear family has the responsibility of operating as their own ecosystem. So what does that mean? We are supposed to you know, uh, work a job so that we have enough money to prepare all of our food, but in order to make it healthy, we need to cook and we need to buy food and that food is expensive. Um, it's no secret that less nutritious or cheaper food um, is easier accessible on a lower budget and that is not a coincidence. Um, the way that city planning has happened, uh, we don't have a plaza anymore. We don't live around a central downtown area where there might be these chance um, run-ins with individuals in our community. We have lost the um, 
foundation of a second home, people will call it. So this is a coffee shop or a local bar that people spend time at, maybe on their way home from work, and it's a, a neutral meeting ground. Um, and now we just get in our little car, we leave our little box, our home, our apartment, and go to our little job. If we want to get coffee or something on the way, we don't even have to leave our car. We can stay in this little individual box and um, have very little contact. We don't even have to hand money anymore. It's all through a phone. We don't even have to talk to someone to order it. And so as I'm telling you all this, I'm um, doing it with the uh, intent that we begin seeing through seeing things through the lens of individualism and how little contact we have to have with other humans in this um, glorious age that is 2023. And I, and there are, I, I, I hope that you all don't hear this as uh, me complaining because this is an amazing time to be alive. Our rights are phenomenal in so many ways, though we do have a lot of progress to still continue to um, work through. Uh, but but we're more isolated than ever. Our, our ancestors never would have had such little contact with one another. And so with, as someone with ADHD and someone who really gave it their college try to work in a corporate job and just was not cut out for it. Um, it left me feeling really less than. It made me feel like garbage or like I couldn't um, perform the normal, quote unquote, normal expectations of society. And with COVID and all of our increased isolation at the time that I was coming out um, of college, that is really, it was really, and it is, continues to be really challenging to develop a sense of identity and a sense of confidence within the career space um, when there's so much uncertainty and things are so new. And I'm a very community-oriented person, and I felt very lonely. And so you all see on my social media, I've become very close with a friend, Tabir. Marina has been my longtime friend, and I feel so unbelievably overwhelmed that our trio as a friendship has led to such profound conversations about community and about this idea that it really takes a village and how um, when we are resourced, we can contribute and aid others in a way that feels good to ourselves. So what does that mean? You know, when we offer a specialty service, we feel good in that service, right? We're good at it. We know we're good at it. And this is how old economies used to thrive. There was a cobbler that did all the shoes or all the leather working. And then there was the agriculturist who grew all the food. And then there were some people that specialized in teaching or child taking. Um, but everyone worked together. It wasn't like each individual had to do all of their own leather work and all of their own food growing and all of their own cooking. And I just believe that that is such a um, more intelligent way to live. It's more productive. It feeds our self-esteem and our confidence. And so I invite you to start looking at ways that you can engage in your community on more levels of barter, of trade work, of doing things that make you feel really good because you're really good at it. Um, and then also receive truly receive the gifts that the others in your community um, have to offer because it is their specialty. I, I started my second term of master's last night and 
my professor was talking about how, you know, this class is, is all about gaining confidence as a therapist. And so we'll be doing lots of practice rounds with students and we'll be receiving a lot of feedback. And he offered us this idea that we as therapists are always going to miss something. It is inevitable. And the other therapists watching and the other students um, offering critical feedback are also going to miss something. And that is because we all have a gift and a unique lens that we see the world through and that we see other individuals through and that there isn't anything wrong with that. And so to release the judgment that comes along with that. Um, and so with that idea of giving ourselves a little bit more grace, also, I believe the, the other key element is really highlighting what it is we are good at so that then we can fine tune that. It's that classic old saying of it's better to do, you know, one thing or a few things really well than do a ton of things subpar or all right. And that just gives me so much hope and so much solace. So I was in Wyoming over the weekend. I went with Tabir and Marina and I really believe that I am still processing and that will be a whole other episode. As you can hear, my voice is a little messed up. I got pretty sick there. Um, I just can't, can't catch a break, y'all. COVID and then strep and then muscular business and, and now this, whatever this is. I'm in my new podcast studio. It's my closet and my dog just found me. So he's poking his head in. Hi, Millie. Um... So I'd like to tell you a little story, a little teaching that I learned from my friends. And also, if when you are misbehaving and your friends are not pulling you aside or calling a little meeting to talk to you and hold you accountable, it might be time to have a conversation with them and ask them to do that. Marina and Tabir pulled me aside on Wednesday. They asked if they could come over and have a little chat about the ways that I was showing up in our friendships and the ways that I was failing to show up. And it was hard to hear. It was painful. I felt bad that I had inflicted anything other than a positive influence on them. But I'm so beyond grateful that I have friends that one feels safe enough to give me that information and f trust me enough to know that I will react well and I will take that feedback and also see enough in me to know that I can do better. So they pulled me aside and we had a little conversation and I have been riddled with anxiety the past several weeks. I have never had anxiety like this in my life. Um, after this trip, I feel like a hard reset, but was hit. Um, but before that, it was, <laughs> it was bad, y'all. I was having like two to three anxiety, panic attacks a day and just did not know where to turn, did not know what to do. It was really hard to get my nervous system to calm down because our nervous system, it's so easy for it to get riled up, right? Especially when we have a lot of 
different fun triggers, um, but it takes much longer for the dust to settle. And so it felt like every day it was getting ramped up and I didn't even have enough time for it to settle before it was getting ramped up again. So my baseline became this just super shaky, neurotic insanity. And the thing about anxiety and the thing about mental health, this is something my girl taught me, is that it doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone around us. Even if we think we're just keeping um, our bullshit to ourselves, that's also a lie. Individualism is a lie. The idea that our mental health challenges only affect us is a lie and frankly selfish to believe. And so what my girl taught me was, how are the ways that my behavior is affecting me and affecting those in my life. And I really encourage you to take that home and, and think on that because that has been hitting me hard. Um, and often, you know, we feel that self-care is selfish and it just, it keeps coming back to this idea in my head that self-care can be an act of community service. By taking care of ourselves and ensuring that we are good, we are able to show up as better sisters, as better mothers, as better friends, as better girlfriends, as better romantic partners, as better teachers, whatever our various identities and roles are in the community. Um, Self-care is the foundation for making sure that we show up as as our best self, our highest self, our most talented and focused self, and that is something um, worthy of taking time for. That is something that we owe it to our community to do. So I'd like to share with you this story. I got his consent. I realize I'm not very good at asking people for consent before I share their stories on a public global podcast. <laughs> so I talked to, to Tabir and I said, hey, do you mind if I share this grocery story? And he said, yeah, sure thing. So we're going to Wyoming and I had been so stressed out that planning for me was just way too much. And fortunately, Marina and Tabir have exponentially more organized brains than myself and were able to do the majority of the planning, which I'm very, 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 very grateful for. So I've been vegetarian for the past almost like two months now and I've been really enjoying it. Um... You know, my mom spent a couple days cooking a lamb for Easter. So, like, I ate that. I'm the type of person where if someone's going to put in a lot of work and love to something, I am not going to uh, deny eating it for my self-righteousness. So, um, it's more of just eating meat intentionally or if there was a lot of love and pour, uh, poured into it, if it's a special occasion. But so, it was Marina's birthday and my love language is cooking for people and I said, Marina, you know, what do you, what do you want to eat for your birthday? Let me, let me make you something. And she said, ropa vieja. That's her favorite thing that I make. If you've never had ropa vieja before, it is a Cuban style dish that translates to old clothes. And you take a big piece of chuck or brisket and you brown it. Um, and then you saute it with uh, onions and peppers. And then you stew it for a really long time. And then ultimately the meat um, becomes so tender, it just falls apart in shreds and that's why it looks like old clothes and then sometimes there's olives in it or raisins there's a tomatoes in the sauce um it's delicious and divine um and i was willing to cook meat for her even though i'm vegetarian right now because i love and adore her <laughs> and uh so Tabir reached out and he wanted to go grocery shopping so that we could have stuff for the trip 
and I had just woken up when he called me and so I was like really overwhelmed and him asking me questions literally was sending me into a panic like I could feel my heart racing I started getting nauseous and I was like Tabir I appreciate your help I can't do this right now he said well just send me a list of what you need and I was like no bro it's fine like I have the majority of the stuff here I'll I'll go get it and I was willing because of my panic to make things more difficult I was willing to go to the store and you know with time that I didn't really have and that I was already too stressed out to do um, just because I was too panicked and too, too disorganized to accept the help that he was offering. And that's a problem. That's a problem that I have. That's a problem that I have receiving. So even though he was trying to do something kind and offer me, I denied him of that opportunity to help me because of my bullshit. That's the way that my bullshit not only affects me, but affects those in my life. So later that day, I hit him up and I was like, hey, you know what? I'd actually really love to take you up on your offer. But it was like nine hours later. And so he gave it to me that Wednesday that both Tabir and Marina came over. And he was like, yo, that was bullshit because I had already gone to the store. Like, had you just come to that conclusion before, I would have helped you. But you, you know, it then inconvenienced him and made it more difficult on him because of my bullshit and that's just not acceptable and so I, I ran through it with them and this is something that I love about them I'm like okay well let's play it out like let's do a play-by-play -play. because all of us think so many thoughts so quickly and I think this is part of like an ADHD crew and an empathetic crew and a crew that really loves one another and so I said well I didn't want to burden you with that and he was like it's not a burden I already offered and I said, okay, well, um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't think through and make a list. And he was like, but Jules, it would have taken you like one minute. And then that would have changed your whole day. And it would have made you more relaxed because I was helping you. And he was totally right. So he also offered, when you're in a panic, tell me you're in a panic. That's fine. I will walk you through it. And it's so true. Something I love about him is that he has watched me grow, smoke, and stretch. And he has been so integral to its success in the way of helping my mindset. He can see when I begin overthinking so quickly. And it's like, Jules, you're overthinking it. And I'm like, yeah, he's right. So now anytime I'm doing a task and I start to get flustered with the details, I hear his voice being like, you're overthinking it. Just do something simple. Get it done. You can add more details to the next one, but consistency is the most important part. Practice is the most important part. And so I share this story with y'all just as a very clear example of like, I made things harder because of my panic. And then I didn't want to burden him with my panic. But if I shared my panic, he would quickly snap me out of it. And it really doesn't feel like a lot of weight to him. We are always so much more willing to help others than that other person wants to believe. And I believe that rings true with everyone. When have, you know, on, on all of the occasions that friends have come to you with something, when has there really been an opportunity where you're like, oh, this is such a burden? Maybe if it's like the 200th time in one week, Marina and, and, and Tibi were making a joke. Like maybe if on the, on the 19th time of a panic in one day, like maybe let's, let's not have there be a 20th. And that was just so funny, but like, yeah, they're really willing to hold space. Like our, our people in our lives really do want to hold space with us. And um, we made a pact that upon sharing any feelings, we were going to understand 
And this is universal. It's a two-way street. We were going to understand that by sharing our feelings with our friends, we are not a burden and that we have to. In order to have a cooperative community, in order to have successful careers with one another, we have to release that super limiting belief. We care for one another. We are a community. We are a community that talks about mental health. How dare we think that we are burdening someone by sharing our feelings? Sharing our feelings is not the same thing as complaining. There's a clear difference, and you know it, and it is exponentially more productive to share your feelings, have a friend you know, interrupt that, give you a pattern interrupt, support you, and then keep moving on with your day. Because we waste so much time having a panic attack, thinking about it, dwelling on it all day, and then we're at a breaking point and then we call our friend, right? What if we just call them in the moment, yo, I can feel I'm tripping, help me right now. And they will. And maybe a five minute conversation could be like, fixed. So, you know, with this episode, I just, I want us all to consider the ways in which we see individualism in our lives, the way in which it serves capitalism and us just being workhorses for bigger companies, the ways that we can resist against that, and the ways that we can begin to engage with our community require more of them and require more of ourselves and ensure that we're holding one another accountable on those requirements. Lean on your community. They're really there to help you. They're really there to love you, myself included. As always, I love, love, love to hear your feedback. Please send me a DM. Please rate and subscribe and like and share with your friends. Um, That allows me to keep creating this content for free. I also have an announcement. I have released my first piece of merch. It is inspired by the diversity of healing. And it's a shirt that's embroidered in this cute little periwinkle blue. And it said, this is what healing looks like. And there's an adorable little flower embroidered, excuse me, on the the sleeve. It's $44. Uh, We have every size available up to 5XL. So if you're interested in ordering one, I would love, love, love your support. Love to see your photos and your videos in it. Shoot me a DM and um, I will get one to you. Um, Healing looks so many different ways. And so this shirt serves as a reminder that whatever you're doing, whether it's going on a walk, whether it's starting a new hobby, whether it's engaging with community, all of that is what healing looks like. Um, Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, for sharing. Can't wait to connect again with you all soon. Feliz 5 de Mayo. Besos.